Well, hey guys, my name is Aaron, and uh, I want to welcome you back to the Always in Pursuit podcast. I think that's still what we're calling this thing. Uh, I've been gone a couple weeks. I'm still alive, um, but it's great to be back. And as you can see on the screen, we are joined today by Pastor Mark hey. and Megan. Hey, hey. Hey, guys. So uh, we are here to kind of dive into a bunch of different topics, uh, but we are talking specifically about Sabbath and the counterculture of Sabbath. And so we want to talk a little bit about the message this last Sunday and then uh, talk about a few other things. So, What do you think about our new podcast studio? This is your first... Uh, it's, it is. We turn, uh, we turn my office into a podcast studio. So if there's anyone out there who wants to record their own podcasts, uh, mm-hmm. come on in. You know, it's available most That's evenings. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and if you have any suggestions of like things that we could write behind me on the whiteboard, we can do that. Too, <laughs> that so. would be awesome. <laughs> I don't know who the one person is who's in right now listening, uh, but if they put a note in here, I will write it on the board behind yeah. you. Yeah. So there the you break. Go. That's we'll a fun it. little. Jesse Ayat is watching on <laughs> so, Facebook. What's up, Jesse? So this weekend we had Pastor Randy, because basically the last, whatever, couple weeks, we, you mm-hmm. and I have not been healthy at all. No. So it was, uh, the women were in charge this weekend and uh, proved that they can do a better job than we can. Yes. <laughs> Maybe with the podcasts. You did great. You guys, the podcast was great. There was like, there was like very like there was only like one time where theologically I wanted to step in and go mm, no no and uh, you know this is the first I'm hearing of this yeah, by the way it was fine I don't think anyone else it would have taken a seminary trained nerd to you know make a uh, you know to make a point over it and then uh, but I think you guys had a lot of really great things to say like it was it was nice for me to be able to sit back and listen to it after the fact mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it um, and I do think having Natalie on having Bobby on. You know, like, I mean, you're on a lot, but the two of them, I think they just, they bring so much. It's really nice yeah. to have other voices. Yeah, we do want to have, perspective and... we do want to have other people from our church yeah. on too. Next week is, I think, finally when we're going to have mm-hmm. We've uh, been teasing this guest, now for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, a guest. I think we're going to record that one Tuesday evening. So it should be available starting Tuesday evening. Yep. Yep. Um, and, you know, I think as we go through, there'll be times when we're dealing with subjects that people have something to add. You know, I can think of a couple of people like I'd really love to have Andy Christensen on, you know, yeah. I think, um, you know, that guy's always sending me like worship music and just has mm-hmm. a lot. Like there's a depth there that I love. I'd love yeah. to tell people's stories. I think yeah. there'd be it'd be fun to get, especially people who have these unbelievable testimonies and they just want to share kind of what's going on in their life. Mm-hmm. I think Randy would have been a great person to have to mm-hmm. interview because yeah. he's been 40 years in ministry and seen a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of wisdom there. Yeah. So, so we'll keep, keep getting creative with what we do. Um, uh, so yeah, (laughs) I, I I was also, let's respond first to the sermon this weekend. Yeah. We got the chance to listen to pastor Randy Samadhi on Sunday, uh, so that Mark could take a little break and be resting at home. Um, and it was really fun to hear from him and just have another voice on stage, have another perspective, um, it's like an extra layer that it was Mark's pastor when he was in high school and younger. And so like has known Mark for 40 years or mm-hmm. somewhere around there, um, 30 years. Uh, so yeah, it was really cool to, to have Randy and I talked to him last Wednesday and he was so excited, um, mm-hmm. and was like, yeah, I've, I've got a thought, uh, give me a day, let me flush it out and, and we'll be ready to go. And he was, he was really excited and. And we are grateful to have him. 
Yeah, I don't think people know the role he gets to play now is really fun because yeah. he's retired. He uh, gets to do um, one day a week. He'll go down and do some um, work at a like a old folks home mm-hmm. where he runs like a service. And so he's doing that one day a week for Presbyterian Homes. And then the rest of the stuff he does, like he, you know, like he's the guy you want when you're like in the hospital to show up for you. Mm-hmm. He's come and prayed over our staff a couple of times. Like, yeah, he's kind of our like staff's pastor Yeah, to just come mm-hmm. and do care and just yep. like encourage and support. He's definitely uh, got that um, be with that, like mm-hmm. the guy you want to show up when you need yeah. some spiritual, yeah. you know, yeah. like I think people would be like, well, Mark showed up like well, he was here. I guess so. he tried. Cracked a few jokes. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, Randy showed up." I felt so much better when he was here. <laughs> well, and let's not ignore the obvious. Uh, his sweater game was so strong this weekend. It was amazing. I love how we used to say it was a certain type of sweater. Now we can't say that anymore. Um, but yeah, like I, I did, I did start to think a little bit about that. You know, he was talking about. Jehovah Shema, which is from that Ezekiel passage in mm-hmm. Ezekiel 48, which it's like the second half of the last verse in Ezekiel. So it didn't really like apply to what was going on in the book, but just the idea that like God is here, mm-hmm. you know, like, so that's an Old Testament idea, name of God. Because any, anytime you see these words go together, so you see Jehovah or Yahweh, which is the same word. I don't know if everyone understands that. They're, the Jews never said this word, mm-hmm. so we actually don't know the pronunciation of it. It's been lost in history, what, how to actually say this word mm-hmm. that was written. They never wrote the full word. They left the, the vowels out. Mm-hmm. So when we translate the word, basically what we have is Y-H-W-H in Hebrew. And that's and then we get to either Yahweh, that's how we get to Yahweh, mm-hmm. or Jehovah, which is basically the same word, but it could be pronounced differently based on the vowels that are in it and how mm-hmm. you pronounce the first letter. So either way, it's the name of God plus something. And we see this in other areas, Jehovah Jireh, you know, there's, which is the Lord is our provider. This is mm-hmm. Jehovah uh, Shama. Shama, which is the Lord is here. And just that idea that like there is God gives us presence. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, that's like a major theme all throughout scripture that like, you don't always get what you're looking for, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But God always gives us his presence. Like he doesn't withhold his presence from us. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is the ultimate example. He's the ultimate sort of fulfillment of that because he is Emmanuel, God in the flesh, right? God so with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so we, don't, we don't live in a place where we're separated from God anymore. We have the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Jesus has come. Like we can be with God at any time, whether things are good, things are bad. We have the presence of God with us. So that thought to me is, you know, it's one of those things that I think a lot of people, they look at like, well, God is like allowing this stuff in my life to happen. Yes, but he's with you when those things are going down, Mm -hmm. when things aren't going great. Like what he does promise us is presence. What he doesn't promise us is that he'll protect us from every bad thing that happens Mm -hmm. in the world. Mm -hmm. And I think, kind of transitioning people's philosophy there. And, you know, what we do is he says, hey, I'm with you and I want to give you my presence. And then what we do is we just turn around and ignore his presence. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait yeah. a second. And it's like, God feels a million miles away. It's like, well, that's not on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's on you, bro. Yeah, that's your B. Yeah. 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 And so I think practicing Sabbath comes back to the idea of like, he's there. He's ready for us. Like, are we spending time? with him yeah yeah 
I, th- I even think scripturally, if you look at, this is a huge theme throughout scripture, not only Sabbath, but God's presence. I mean, if you think about like at the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, the, the, what made Eden Eden was man with God. Yep. And then that was broken and destroyed and man got kicked out. You know, you go fast forward to like the flood narrative with Noah. What's the first thing Noah does when he comes out of the boat? He creates a garden. It's sort of like trying to recreate Eden, this new world with God. And then there's a fall there. And so that narrative, that cycle repeats itself. And so I think it's important for us to even look at like what role we play in that now and how Sabbath, the really important thing is being with God. Some, I think one of the tricks that we can play on ourselves is when we think about Sabbath, we equate that to like vacation or like mm. just time off from the world when really it is, it's rest with God. It's yep. presence with God. Yep. You know? Yeah. And Pastor Andy talked about that too in just, uh, he referenced James 4, 8, where it says, come near to me and I will come near to you. Like there's a step, there's an action step for us to move towards God, to take a step towards God, not to just. Yeah. In our heads say, yeah, well, God's with me. Like yeah. it doesn't stop there. <laughs> sure. There's movement. It's like we just chant it. We're like, God's with me. God's with me. God's with me. It's like. <laughs> and God's right there being like, yeah, yeah, I'm right here. Turn, turn, look, look at me. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I know. Why don't you be with me? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I was thinking through and I, I think what you guys talked about on the podcast last week was great. Like you gave a lot of, through a lot of. Um, methods that you guys talked about, a lot of um, resources that you talked about. And, you know, I, I know I'm, I'm coming at it from the perspective of like this cultural moment. Um, we're, let's see, how, how do I, how do I back into this? I think one of the things that we, one of the problems we have is that uh, we are so addicted to our phones that we're not even really aware of that. We're not paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. And I, if you think you're not addicted to your phone, you're wrong. And, <laughs> um, and come at me, bro. Fight me on it. Uh, and here's how you can test it. Turn it off for a day. Yeah. Does, that, does that give you anxiety? Uh, delete all of your social media apps for a week. Does that bring you FOMO, anxiety? Do you start to think about what you'd be missing out on? Um, plug it in not in your room at night, plug it in somewhere else. Can you sleep? Probably not. Um, and I, I just think there's a lot of, and you know, if you were to count up the amount of time in a day that we're giving to this thing or wasting on it, it's a staggering number. I don't think people are managing it very well. And maybe there's a few out there. Maybe there's a few people who have already thought through this and they're being intentional and they're managing it really well, but I don't know them. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I really think this is a problem for like maybe 98% of all people. And, um, those other ones are probably just monks, you know, like living by themselves. In the, in no, the it's, it's mostly the elderly <laughs> who don't know how to use <laughs> cell phones. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> We're talking about your friend with the, with the dumb phone who it flips open and the, yeah. the numbers are like, you know, four inches Huge. wide. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, he somehow yeah. got into the geriatric phone plan. <laughs> yeah. All the retirees out there, like all the people on social security are like, not a problem. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so many jokes in my head that I can't make. Um, and we are very envious of you. So uh, I get it. Security people. I get it. That there's tons of resources out there. I get it that you can 
listen to the Bible in a million different ways. And you have, there are apps that help us Mm -hmm. get into the word and like, there's a place for all that. Sure. There's a place for all that in your life. But if you're not being like intentional about, um, your time with the Lord, I think what you're missing out is the quality of what that can be without the, um, without the, the phone being part of it. Like I would actually say that there's a, a principle here, a biblical principle of first fruits where God appreciates when people give the first and the best. We see this, I mean, you could follow this theme all through scripture where when God is upset with a, um, something that someone has sacrificed to him, oftentimes it's not about what they sacrificed. Well, it's about how they did it and what it was, right? So there's, you go all the way back to Cain and Abel, right? You know, the one sacrifice is enough and is good, and the other sacrifice isn't. And it's because what's given is not the first and not the best. Mm. You go through, Israelite, the Israelites get into this a bunch of different times. They're sacrificing maimed animals, and they're giving the like leftovers of their crops. And God is like, don't bother bringing those here. I don't want it. I don't want your sacrifice because your heart is not in the right place and you're not giving your first and your best. Yeah. So what you're saying is God's bougie. He only wants the, <laughs> he wants the cream. It's, no, it's about the heart. Yes. That's the intention behind yes. it. Yes. It's yeah. about the heart. It's about the quality of what you're giving because of what it does in you. Because mm-hmm. of the generosity that you are displaying and yep. giving it. And this is true about your finances. It's true about the time that you give to the church. It's true about um, what you give to other people. Mm-hmm. You know, th- there's a lot of things that we do that are worship. And when we worship, we should give our first and our best as an offering to to God. We want to please him with the offering that we're giving. Yes. We're no longer giving animals, right? We hope not. So if anyone's out there doing that, yeah, that uh, <laughs> we could have a, you can hit pause on that one. conversation about that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we're not we're not making those kinds of sacrifices. The sacrifices that we're making are the things that we've been gifted to steward, and now mm-hmm. we're giving the first and best back. Yeah. And I think sometimes people don't necessarily think about that when it comes to structuring their day or when it comes to the quality of the time that they're spending with God. And so like while I know that there's tons of great apps out there and mm-hmm. all that stuff, yeah. really what I want to tell people is um, – that's fine. Find a way to use that in some other place, but like start your day before mm-hmm. you pick up your phone, before you get into whatever else is going on by giving God some of that, that first and best time and pick up a paper Bible, pick up a journal. If you want, I don't, mm-hmm. I hate journaling, <laughs> but, um, what I, I, I do have a, a little journal that I carry around. It's not, it's not a journal. I pretty much just write things in there that I need to forget. Mm-hmm. Like I just empty my brain like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'll remember that later. Like I'll take care of that when I, the time mm-hmm. is now, now that I write it down, it can now go away. Yep. So, and then there'll be some times where I'll run into like a quote or I'll run into an idea for a sermon illustration. I'll write in that little, mm-hmm. that little thing. So it's like a little red notebook. If you ever see me pull it out of my pocket, like that's just me collecting things and mm-hmm. getting things out of my head. If you need a journal, fine. If you need a, you need a paper Bible, please get a paper Bible. Like, leave your phone out of the quality time that you're trying to spend with God. Even if it's 10 minutes, even if it's 15 yeah. minutes, even if it's just while you drink a cup of coffee, like have your cup of coffee, spend mm-hmm. some first and best time with the Lord mm-hmm. and leave the phone out of it. Yep. And 
while I think like we are in this, hey, here's a productivity app. Here's an app that make you more effective. Here's an app that'll help you with this or help you with that. I got plenty of them. I need them. I'm like, a, I'm a mess, right? Mm-hmm. Like I need, I need the help. Um, I just feel like relationship is not uh, supposed to be more effective. It's not no. supposed to be more, uh, maybe effective is not the right efficient. word. Efficient. Yeah. Efficient. Relationships are not efficient. Yep. So it's like, if you can't find some time to sit down without the um, influence of that device, mm-hmm. then you're probably getting a worse quality of time with the Lord. Yeah. And it's, it's almost like if you go on a date with your spouse or you haven't seen that friend in a really long time, you sit down and have coffee with them and you're just on your phone the whole time. What, what message is that sending? Yeah. Yeah. Like there's something about, and again, I would say try the discipline of putting your phone away at night outside of your room don't touch it until you spend some time in the morning yeah. with God mm-hmm. and then let it, let it do what it's going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Let that anxiety rise after, you know what yeah. I mean? So, so a couple of thoughts, Mark and Megan. Uh, so if you're listening and you just hear us railing on cell phones, then you are completely missing the point because that's not, that's not entirely the point, you know, going back to the notion of first fruits, like uh, on a biblical timeline, like, the reason those sacrifices had to be made was the atonement for sin. Mm-hmm. But then when Jesus shows up, that whole system changes because God doesn't really want sacrifices. What he wants is us. So if you're using that language of first fruits, it's really God wants, we are his first fruit. Like he wants us. That's what he wants. And so, you know, to kind of piggyback off of what you're saying, Mark, is if God wants us, if he desires a relationship with us, he desires our time and our like attention, our, you know, focus on him. And he's already done his work to be present in our lives. Like Randy talked about this weekend. That seems pretty simple. Like we can't just give God our leftovers as far as our time and our perspective, our attention. Uh, my football coach in college, a guy named Kirk Talley, uh, bless him. He's a great man. He used an analogy for us. And at the time, you know, we're college guys. So we just totally missed it. And you guys have probably seen this before me, like at weddings or something like this or in youth ministry. He like brought out this like glass vase, this clear glass uh, container. And he talked to us about like, what are the big things in your life? Like, what are the things that are most important to you? So like family, friends, maybe your future career, your degree. And he represented those things by like rocks. So he puts those in the vase. He talks about like, what are the secondary things that take up your time? Homework, maybe a job, like a relationship. And he represented that with sand. So he poured the sand into the vase and the sand like kind of trickled down into the vase and like filled in a lot of the gaps seemingly between those rocks that are in there. And they talked about like how, even when we think we don't still have margin, there's still space in our lives for more. They took a glass of water and poured that in and that filled in like every little air gap. I think a lot of us in our lives, that's probably a pretty good analogy of how we've like differentiate and organize our time, whether it's our work, our family, our kids, our relationships, our social endeavors, our hobbies. We want to fill up every little air gap in our lives Mm. with something. And then if we have anything left over Sunday morning, you know, 15 minutes before we go to bed, that's usually what we give God. And 
if we think critically about our lives, the things that fill up some of those gaps aren't really even worthy. And so that's why we're talking about like cell phones and social media. Those are the things that like we give our time to, we give our perspective to, our attention to, when it's like that's not honoring God and that's not meeting him in a relationship, if that makes sense. So, Yeah, like that's kind of why I'm being such a pain in the butt because it's this cultural moment. Like I, I yes. we even had this conversation yeah. before. It's like, I don't know if I would have said the same thing five years ago. I don't know if I'd say the same thing in five years from now, maybe in five years from now, we realize how bad what we're doing to ourselves is. Mm-hmm. And it's normal for us to control it in a different way mm-hmm. and be intentional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I hope that's the case. I hope it doesn't just continue to get like louder and more attention grabbing and more dopamine triggering and more, you know yeah. what I mean? Like more, people addicted to the pace and the feedback and the digital, uh, you know, not only are the social media apps designed to grab us and hold us, but the phone is designed to grab us and hold us. Mm -hmm. So it's not even, it's just the, it's the hardware and it's the software, you know? And it's like, if we're not intentional about this, like, every other area of our lives. Like if we're not intentional about things, then what things don't always, they don't just get better. Yeah. If you just not tend to anything, (laughs) you just leave your yard alone. It just doesn't, it doesn't get better. Like your house is in disrepair. You just don't do anything. Man, that leak. Well, we'll deal with that. Intentional on how you spend your finances. Yeah. That leak's not going to fix itself. (laughs) Right. Like you just use your money for dumb things. Yes. Right. (laughs) If you're, yeah. Just throwing your money at stupid junk all day. Like Like game boys. You're going to, just kidding. I'm just totally <laughs> So to me, it's like we're intentional in many areas of our lives, but somehow we've just allowed this to take over, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it used to be, I used to be feeling like I would have this conversation about the pace of life based on what we were trying to fit into our lives, like how many activities you were doing and like what your family was doing. That's still a conversation that needs to be had, mm-hmm. you know, about like mm-hmm. how much should we be doing, how much our kids should be doing, like. The pace of life isn't crazy. I honestly thought maybe that would be a, a, a more of a conversation when I started working on this like a year ago. Because thinking coming out of COVID, maybe we would be like over scheduling ourselves mm-hmm. and getting back into it. And there's a there's I some think of it that. started like some of those questions started of like, do I need to say yes to that? Should I say yes to that? And then things kind of opened back up, and we were just so excited to be out in the world among other people that we like forgot about those questions. We're like, yeah, let me do that. <laughs> we're back. Wow. Well, and we like, we're like, okay, we're only going to do, you know, music lessons for miles and we're going to do dance class for Macy. Yeah. yeah. And dance class got canceled. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. So it's like, we're still not in that. Like we can overschedule ourselves to the nth degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like our, our addictions to technology got stronger. Yeah, during COVID, I actually like was uh, feeling really sick with this latest round of uh, you know infection that I've been dealing with, and mm-hmm. you know I was home on the couch, and I'd been on my phone so much that day that like I was just bored with my phone, and I was like, how often do I just get bored with this thing? Yeah, like it's not it's rare. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like where there's not something I can pick it up and yeah. just immediately get feedback. Yeah. But I'd already scrolled through all of YouTube. I'd already been on social media for an hour or two. I had already like you know, watch stuff on the stream app, you know, like, mm-hmm. so it's just kind of like, well, I put the thing down and I was just like, wow, what do I do now? I know. Like, <laughs> I guess I'm just disdain. I just, I guess I'll take a nap. Like, I don't know what to do with myself here, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, 
I feel like we've gotten more intense about it. And if we're not intentional about thinking about it. So um, I was thinking through it's John Mark Homer's book, uh, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, which I've referenced. I pretty much preached out of two weeks ago. Um, and I think there's a lot of people in small groups right now using it mm-hmm. as curriculum. Uh, there's a workbook that goes with it and stuff. But there's a chapter in there about dumbing down your phone. And there are principles in there that I think could help anybody who's trying to overcome mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. That, And especially even if you just wanted to try it. Like yeah. even if you just want to try it for a month. Yeah. Or maybe it's like <coughs> for Lent. I think Lent is like March March to April. March 2nd, April 14th. You know what I mean? Like maybe you just want to make a decision that for Lent I'm going to, you know, dumb my phone down. Yeah. But what... Here's a couple of the things that he mentions. Um, I know you talked a little bit about this too. Cause I think yeah, you tried to week. do. I, after, after I worked, um, the job where I was on call all the time, I kind of like swung to the other <laughs> side for a while and wanted my phone nowhere near me. Cause at one point I had two phones and they had to be on me at all times. Yeah. Um, and it just pushes you to the extremes. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I did a lot of this for a while and I've kind of come back maybe to the middle. Um, I could retouch on some things, but, uh, yeah, to just like turn it all off right? Mm-hmm. to give nothing permission yep. to force anything on me. So Mark, last week when you turned your phone off, did like you open your front door to your house and walk outside in the sunshine oh. and birds are chirping and you're like, no, it's a whole new I walked outside world. and it was minus 40 degrees outside. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, why do I live here? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I think one thing that we've talked about, we just talked about this this morning, how, we have all, regardless of your age, if you're an adult right now, we've all grown up in a world where social media became a thing. And, you know, at the time we were just enjoying like the benefits of that and the, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if you'd say excitement around that or just, you know, the positive things. But like we are now far enough down that trail social media where we are actually becoming more self-aware of how dangerous it is and how abusive it can be in our lives and oppressive Mm -hmm. and um just becoming aware just becoming aware right and so like you know there's a uh movie on netflix Netflix called the social dilemma yep i don't even know if you categorize it as a documentary kind of yep uh one of the main guys who talks in it is uh he worked for google and so the whole point of it is it talks about like the morals and ethics behind social media and these big tech companies where there's a handful of people who are creating these algorithms and doing these things that are really steering like global population in certain directions in some pretty big ways. And just how like, to your point, you said earlier how our phones and the apps and the programs, they are all designed to capture our attention and keep it. Yep. And they don't really actually care how they do that. So they could do that through like pretty nefarious things, right. you know, like spreading misinformation and conspiracy theories. It can do that by like putting things in front of you that you want to buy, <laughs> you know, it could be through politics or controversial subject matter or whatever. And so the whole point is like, it's not to like pick a side. It's more to just say, Hey, these things that we're all doing and that we don't think are an issue, they actually are an issue. It's a problem. It's an addiction. And here's how they work. Right. And so one of the things here is like, if you don't think that it's a problem, it is. And there is an urgent need for us to be that much more self-aware around how these things work, whether it, you know, like you said, Mark, whether it's software or hardware, 
These things are made to capture our attention. The same way, like, if you're at a carnival, like, the way they design those games is to make you think, like, I can totally win this ring toss. That stuffed animal is mine. Like, but they're not. They don't work that way. Or, like, the three-point shot, like, the rim is, like, two inches smaller than a normal one, so it's really hard to actually make it. Like, that is literally how these things work. And so, you know, the reason that's bad is because we are allowing these things to steer us, to motivate us, to influence our decision-making, to capture our time and never let it go. Yep. And we don't even realize that A, it's happening, and B, that it's a problem. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I, I think, like, if we have to make the case for you, <laughs> maybe you're just not paying attention. Yeah. Like, yes, Social Dilemma was a kind of eye-opening thing. Mm -hmm. You can go look at what Sean Parker has had to say, the co one of the yeah. co-founders of Facebook, who was the Napster guy. Um, he's a, he's a, oh crap, he's the guy, what is, he's played by um, Justin Timberlake in the Social Dilemma movie oh, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, social Network. Yeah, yeah, Social Network movie. Uh, he... He has had, he's come out and said a couple things about it. Like, Hey, I don't let my kids, there's actually a lot of Silicon Valley executives whose kids don't have tablets or, or phones or anything. Like mm -hmm. they're like not letting their family use yeah. some of yeah. this stuff because yeah. they can see what it is. Yeah. And uh, there was one person, I think I was reading about this and they said, we've become the commodity. Our information has become the commodity. Our attention has become the commodity. We are the thing that they're trying to sell. To an advertiser. Yeah. If something that you're consuming is free, it doesn't cost you anything, then you are the product. Yes. Yeah. Right. And so now they're going to turn us into something they can sell to an advertiser. And you just think about like all the messages that you're now receiving, which are actually geared towards you, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. towards what you're already interested in yep. or what you're likely to listen to or what you're likely to, you know, um, lean towards, you know. And I do think, like, they don't care how they keep us involved. They love it when we fight. They love it when there's just a spat on Facebook and 100 people jump in and everyone's just, you know, yapping. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, that's that's all free attention, you know, that they can now get more information about people. And there's, I think, a lot of we're, – we're, we're kind of at a point now where it's weird. It's like It's almost like they have so much information on us and there's such a monopoly of how these – you know, Google and Facebook and, and Instagram and Amazon and yeah, how they work that like, there's almost this, this, this almost can't change because they've already got so much and now there's nobody that can compete. And so now you're in a situation where it's like all of these things are going to continue to just get better at figuring out how to, mm -hmm. how to win you. And so it's like, if you're not intentional about it, <laughs> you're just going to get lost on that rabbit hole, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's going to feed the worst parts of you. That's what we see in social media so much that, like, whatever the worst part of you is, is what ends up getting, you know, the, it ends up stoking the anxiety that you have or the anger that you have or the fear that you have or the mm -hmm. uh, frustration that you have. And it's like all that stuff makes the worst part of you more intense. Mm -hmm. um, so anyways, I just, I feel like if we don't get back to being intentional, not letting it grab us mm -hmm. and giving our first and best to God, then we're just going to sort of become, you know, surface level or uh, we're going to amuse ourselves into oblivion as the one mm -hmm. quote that I used a couple weeks ago said. So, 
here's a couple of ideas. These these come straight out of John Mark Comer's book. How to basically there's a chapter on how to dummy your phone, and he basically says, look, first of all, turn off every notification, like don't let anything send you a notification at all. He says, get rid of your email. Do your email only on your computer. I know, and you have to step <laughs> back and say, if I have anxiety about this, yeah, what like. Does that mean I really, really yeah. should do it? Like, yeah. if you have anxiety about doing it, I ignore my email anyway, so it's That's not a, it's not yeah, a huge we, problem for me. We know that really well, actually. <laughs> if, if you don't text me, you're not getting a response for a couple of days if you yeah. get one. Because yeah. um, I hate email. I think it's like the baby boomers form of communication, and I just hate it so much. Um, but yeah, remove your email from your phone. Stop using it for that. Um, remove time-sucking apps or... Uh, Put them in a place where they're not easily accessible and give yourself only a certain number of uh, a certain percentage of time every day. So it's like, OK, I'm going to give myself a half an hour, 45 minutes, and I'm going to go check social media um, yeah. or watch YouTube or be on TikTok or whatever. And so you pick a time and you go, great, start a clock. Mm-hmm. And this folder I'm only going to use for this amount of time every day. Mm-hmm. Like that's one way to kind of control it or curb it. Uh, don't pick it up when you're bored. Allow boredom to be part of your life. You know, yeah. like we don't do that anymore. We amuse ourselves 24-7. We have to have something that keeps us happy all the time. Yeah, um, for anyone who spent time with kids, uh, says the only person here that doesn't have kids, they do not know how to be bored. It's like, amazing. Yeah. No. My kids immediately start complaining. Yeah. If like there's not something like, oh, I can't play video games. Yeah. Oh, what am I going to do? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Play with anything in your room. Yep. Uh, I guess I can get rid of all your Legos and your books. And those are obviously worthless, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and then one of the, a couple of the other things he's, uh, he's, he talks about is like um, put your phone to sleep in a different room. Don't give it that hold on you. Don't check it first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. Don't let it be the first thing you look at. And I think that's a really good principle. First and you know, if we're going to go with first fruits concept, then it's almost like mm-hmm. give God time before you give anything else time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I'm not militant on when you should spend time with God because I think there are seasons and different types of personalities and people like my son should not spend time with God in the morning. He's the grumpiest person that's ever lived and nobody likes being around him. I don't even think God would enjoy being around him in the morning. Uh, so, you know, it's like he, you might you might be your, at your best at nine o'clock at night. That's fine. You might be at your best at lunchtime. Maybe you just want to turn off all your electronics and sit there and enjoy your lunch in a quiet place and spend some time with God. That's fine. Um, but try to give God some of that before phone time. Um, and again, get a ritual. Make yourself a cup of coffee. Have a seat. Spend ten minutes, fifteen minutes, twenty, thirty, whatever you got. Spend something in relationship with God before you get to any of the other stuff. Mm-hmm. The stuff can wait. It's not important. It's not going to make a difference in anyone's life, whether you look at that thing at 6.30 or 7 o'clock. Yeah. It's, just, it's not going to matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he even goes as far as to say, like, um, put your phone on black and white mode. Like, yeah. the colors, even, of your device are creating emotions in you that you don't even realize that they're they're doing. You're almost taking away the, the power of that. Um, and then delete everything as ruthlessly as you can. 
like get rid of make it as minimalistic as possible only the stuff you absolutely need i did start to think about like okay what would how what would be the hardest part about dumbing my phone down if i were to just dump all my social media apps if i were to get rid of email on the phone if i were to you know all that stuff like what would be the hardest part and i was, it was like things like okay if i had a dumb phone like a flip phone like gps would be a problem like how would i get played you know what i mean like um i was thinking like how did people pick people up from the airport before they had cell phones you know somewhere I mean? garmin is like yes yes mark <laughs> bringing it, it bringing it back it. Yeah. That's, that's back in the day where you would just continue to drive the loop at the airport seriously yeah at, for 45 minutes yeah until you pulled up to the door and somebody was standing there yeah. been there done that oh my goodness what a crazy thing yeah. to think about think about like an international airport where there's like a billion people coming in at once. Think about if the the flight gets delayed while you are on your way and you just don't even yeah. know about it. I mean, you, we you, could we you, could go through all of these like get off my lawn things. <laughs> like you would usually send someone in to try to catch people coming off of the plane. Do you but. guys remember keeping? Uh, I think it was called a King's Roadmap, like under your seat. Oh in yeah. Your car? Like, oh, my dad bought me one when yeah. I first started driving, yeah, like a paper map. So, like for all you youngins listening or watching before like phones and gps if you were going somewhere you had to like look on a paper map before you left to like have an idea of where it was at Print and then like those map quest there were also directions. these like oh, map, map, map quests like this big and they were thick and it was basically like a detailed roadmap of like the twin cities metro and you keep it in your car so if you're like going somewhere You'd be like, I know what city it is. I know like the crossroads, but I don't know. And you'd be like flipping through, be like, all right, I'm in grid A6. Like, it's crazy. So, yeah, there was get a, off my lawn. There was definitely a time where my <laughs> father in law was still trying to use those on road trips, like the Atlas or whatever, the yeah. one with oh, all the yeah. maps. And, oh, uh, yeah. and yeah. I'd be like, um, yeah, Stan, like I have this app on my phone that um, is up to date all the time. Uh-huh. This is, um, 15 years old there are roads on here that exist now that aren't on here there are roads on here that don't and like the intermediate period was like if you were going somewhere you'd go to like map quest and like print off the map and be like okay click point two got to turn right and you'd reset your mileage thing so that in point two you knew i've done that driving to like northern minnesota to the middle of nowhere and the map has been wrong and i I remember sitting at a crossroads one time being like, I don't know what to do. The, the, the directions don't say there's a turn here, but like the road ends. Yeah. I, I yeah. have to pick one way. Yeah, totally. So I, I did start to think about just kind of what the hardest parts of that would be. And it would be dumb stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be like if what's, what's interesting is that social media is um, so unsatisfying on a computer or a, a tablet. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, like Instagram doesn't work on those very well. Mm-hmm. TikTok doesn't really work on those very well. Yeah. Um, you, YouTube is okay and Facebook is okay. Although I feel like Facebook is just where you want to go to argue with people about politics. Um, Only you. Which every once in a while you need a good scrap, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Got to get a little, little something out. I don't know if I've ever argued with anybody over politics on Facebook, but yeah. that's just the non-confrontational i'll drop some passive aggressive comments <laughs> and then just like want to check my notifications to see so responded yeah to me it's just like um you know do we really need it all like could we mm-hmm. could we be more intentional about the other thing is like tracking your time 
Like mm-hmm. thinking about how much time you throw down that hole. Yeah. You know, and it feels like, oh, it's probably not that much. But if you really added it up, like it's probably a couple hours, yeah. you know, at, like if you're like a normal person and if you're like a Gen Z, it's probably like, I don't know. Yeah. How many 15. times have you gone yeah. into an app being like, oh, I've got a few minutes. I'll, I'll look at this. And all of a sudden look at the clock and it's like an hour and a half later. Yeah. Well, and right. I think and you've just like fallen down the hole. I think it's important too to just remind people that like, you know, we are focusing on phones and social media and that time suck, but it's different for different people too. Like if your version of that is Netflix, like yep, turn yeah. off Netflix. Yep. Like if your version yep. of that is being out in the garage, tinkering or working on something guys, then stop doing that. Like you, you know, it, it, it doesn't just have to be social media. It could be a hobby. It could be something that, occupies much more of your time than is needed or worthy like it could be any of mm-hmm. those things but this the phone the social media is perhaps the largest yeah one yeah and i i, th- I think there's definitely a conversation to be had around um binging mm-hmm. that's definitely another one because i think those two activities don't allow you to spend time with the lord at all if you're tinkering in your garage you maybe you're listening to a podcast. Maybe you have music going. Yeah. That's like you know worship music. Maybe you're in prayer while you're doing stuff. Like you, there are things that you can on the bandsaw. You can, yeah, you can be using your hands, <laughs> and yeah. it, it sometimes can free you up to spend time yeah. with God. So there are certain things where I would say like that's probably not, but it's not as bad. Yes, you're not giving your full yeah. attention right yeah. to it. Uh, hopefully, you're giving the bandsaw your full attention. To <laughs> that's true. <laughs> on the, like the hierarchy of distraction <laughs> yeah. and like. Yeah. So yeah. to me, it's like, I just want to kind of overly make the point that like, if you're not intentional about your device and if you're, I mean, I, I mean this when I say it, like we need to recapture the idea that we can sit down with a paper Bible. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm militant yeah. about it. Like it just, it, to me, it's like if we don't recapture this idea of some quiet in our lives, some daily Sabbath, mm-hmm. then I think we are just missing out on, you know, what is possible i think we're getting time with the lord that's not high quality kind of like everything else in our lives like i i noticed um i was talking with my wife and we we're like talking about some of the stuff that got went down this year in our um in our lives and i just thought like i have no pictures mm. and that's like the side effect of me putting the phone down and actually enjoying the moment like Cause that's how you would take a, like taking a picture is almost yeah. like you're memorializing something that you should just be experiencing. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I was looking through like old pictures that my grandmother had given to me uh, when she, she had put, set up um, like little albums for everyone before she died. Mm-hmm. And so I was looking through some of those and it's like, there are gaps like two year gaps. <laughs> it's like, Oh, I'm three here. I'm seven here. <laughs> what, what, what happened during this time? And it's like, well, nobody took pictures. We were just enjoying the yeah. time. Yeah. And it's almost like, well, now we wouldn't do anything that was worth sharing without taking a picture of it. We yeah. can't even eat a meal. Like, Oh, look at this meal that I'm about to yeah. eat. Like yeah. we got to go put it on Facebook. Otherwise it didn't happen. You yeah. know, it's like, 
Just um, want to apologize to all you photographers out there. We still, you, you, you are worthy. We love you. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Again, that's like if you have a hobby, and yeah, you're, you're, yeah. you got your camera out, and you're doing, you're enjoying yeah. it. Like, yeah. knock yourself out. Mm-hmm. Take the pictures. That's great. Don't feel the need to post. Yeah, every single one. It's so funny. Actually, t- oh sorry. This is something that when I first went into missions in Mexico, my mom actually got mad at me about because I was terrible at taking pictures. I was terrible at like stopping and being like, oh hey, this is going to be a really cool story that I can tell my supporters. Um, to like take that picture. I came back and had very few pictures of anything. And my mom was like, what do you mean you don't have pictures? Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I was so focused on trying to not say something offensive and like just being in the moment <laughs> um, and like experiencing that cultural moment that yeah. I didn't step back and, and take pictures. Yeah. Uh, so. but, but that quality time is yeah. you're yeah. Yeah. Un, unencumbered by the technology, mm-hmm. you know? And that's why like I'm, you know, I just, I feel like we need to recapture that where we've lost it. We don't even realize it. We're addicted. We don't even realize it. It's become way too big of a part of our lives where we haven't paid attention to it. And I just want to shake people, you know, like mm-hmm. you need to be intentional about this. Yeah. You need to not let this lead you. You need to lead this, mm-hmm. right? You need to get control of it. And I think sometimes it, it does mean we swing it further for a time and we get okay with losing some of these things or changing our rhythms or doing something kind of drastic. And then we find a middle ground that's yeah. more reasonable place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of why I've been pushing on the, the personal Sabbath, Yeah, you know, so this week we're going to talk more about um, kind of a, we're going to, we're going to kind of switch gear and talk more about the rhythm of like a weekly Sabbath. And I'm going to talk about the purpose of a weekly Sabbath. And one of the purposes that I think like gets lost in all this is, is actually identity. And one of the things that God had to break the Israelites of, and one of the ways he did it was by giving them Sabbath was that he had to break their identity as basically their identity were, was, was bricks, was slavery mm-hmm. before they came out of Egypt. And one of the things that was instituted while they were in the desert and before they were entered into the promised land was Sabbath. And part of it was breaking this identity that we are slaves, that we, we exist to produce their entire lives had been about production. It was meet the quota. You eat, sleep, you know, your entire life is around the idea of how do we meet the quota? How do we continue Mm -hmm. to make bricks? How do we find the stuff we need to make the bricks? How do we make enough bricks to keep the slave masters off of our backs? How do we, how do we do all this stuff? And basically it had become who they were. Their identity was wrapped up in slavery and wrapped up in their production and in their, mm. their jobs. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a danger there for us to wrap our identities into what we produce and into our jobs and into kind of those, those things. Like it's the first question that people ask you, Oh, like, what do you do? And it's like, what do you mean? What do I do? I'm a human. <laughs> I exist. But, you know, what I, what I do is not the thing that defines who I am. Yeah. And I think there's actually a, a sickness sometimes with us, especially the people who are like the uber productive folks, you know, like I don't tend to be an uber productive person. I tend to do like stops and starts. Like I'll do a whole lot in a short period of time and then I'll, I'm not as effective for a little while. And then again, you know, like, um, but there are some of those people that like, they can't put 
it down. They can't stop. It is what they are. It is who they are. Um, and I think like at some point our identity gets wrapped up into what we're producing, what we do instead of who we are. And, and part of the Sabbath is this idea that like God wants us to be able to put it all down and trust that it'll get done. Mm -hmm. Like trust that there's enough time, trust that he'll be the one that'll fill the gap. Trust that we don't need to be defined by the things that we produce or the things that we do. Yeah. So like our jobs don't define, shouldn't define. It's not like it won't be a part of our identity, but we've gone so far in, you know, in 2022 as to say, I am this and this Mm -hmm. is what I do. Yep. You know, I am. Yes. What you do is a part of who you are. It's, Mm -hmm. it's a question that's okay to ask. Yep. Not saying to vilify your answer to that question. But if you are defining yourself not based on your relationship with God, yep. first and foremost, you are a human who's in relationship with God. If you're, that's not the first place that you're, then Sabbath is totally for you. Yeah, it's about you putting down mm-hmm. the other uh, identity and saying, "I am not what I produce, and my job does not define who I am. Mm-hmm. It is a part of who I am." But first and foremost, I am a son or daughter of the King. I am in relationship with God. I can trust him that the work will get done even if I don't continue to labor seven days a week. And the rhythm of getting into that weekly Sabbath is a way for you to break uh, the, it's almost like that um, identity can start to take hold again. And every week you get to break it. Yeah. Every week you get to say no more of this. Yep. To recognize that our worth doesn't come from anything outside of who created us. God made us worthy. Yeah. As yep. his children, not because of what we do or what we produce or how many people we can help or any of that, mm-hmm. yep. that our worth comes from God. Yeah. And with that context, I would say that we're very much in need <laughs> of breaking that our former identity, yeah. much like the Israelites, because it's, it's, per, it's pervasive. It's not just our jobs. It's not just our hobbies and activities. I mean, it's such a vicious cycle in the sense that we work hard because we idolize a vacation or an experience. Like that's what's going to give us energy or, you know, the bandwidth. We're going to recapture it. I mean, how many times have we joked about like, I just took a, you know, we went to Colorado and I'm more tired now than when I left. I need a vacation now that I'm back. Exactly. Like, (laughs) um, you know, so it's, I just think like it's such an important thing because, if what God is bringing to the table is his presence, then that's what we should be bringing to the table too. Yeah. Because that centers us on our creator. It centers us on our identity and it centers us on where we should spend our time and how we should live our lives. And so, you know, just even thinking about all the things that we've talked about in this conversation, there are so many things here that have a time and a place that aren't in and of themselves, evil, like sinful things. But when you mix them all together to create our current reality, you can take a step back and look at like how messed up it actually is yep. and how far off the path we really are. And so if there's any word of encouragement for anyone who's listening today, I would say it's that. Yeah. It's that you know we don't need to vilify everything. We just really need to be present with God first and then worry about all that other stuff later. Yeah, I would land on intentionality. Totally. Which goes right along with what you're saying. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Well, yeah. Well, guys, thanks for another great podcast and for tuning in, whether you're watching or listening. 
Uh, we'll be back next week, barring another hospital visit. You know, <laughs> knock on wood. Like seriously. Oh man. Uh, we had our first staff meeting where all five of us were together in like two months. This <laughs> That's last before week. Christmas. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's been crazy. It has yeah. been so. But uh, it's fun to be back, and it's fun to be talking and breathing and having conversations <laughs> like this. And yeah. I'm glad you're breathing, buddy. I, I am too. <laughs> all right. Love you guys. Right. Have a good one. Have a good yeah. week, guys.